This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from Boston, Massachusetts, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and are you 30 years old? Me too! Today, we're talking and walking through lessons we've all learned from our first 30 years of life. Now, uh, let me just find my bifocals here and peruse this list we found on that newfangled Webernet machine. Where did I put them? I can never find my glasses. Always put them on the chain, Doug. I'm like, around your neck. Okay, all right, okay, we got them. We're all set. To help you think straight about life and money, we welcome from the Money Mindset Podcast, Ashley Patrick. Then, from Afford Anything, it's Selena Gomez. Nah, she's busy solving mysteries in her building with Steve Martin and Martin Short. So today, we can only get Paula Pant, who also has no idea what that reference is all about. And finally, say hello to our hip co-host from Generation Y, Would You Do That? Oh, gee. And now, a guy who's older than two home loans put together, Joe Saul Sihai. And by two home loans, Doug, I'm sure you mean like one of those weird 10 years and a 15 year put together. That's what you're talking about. Think, thinking of, 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 are there 50 year home loans? Hey man, whoa, easy. Together? I'm sitting right here. Hey everybody. Welcome to Boston, Massachusetts. It was Doug that made the political statement about the state early on. So don't uh, blame me. Send all your hate mail to neighbor Doug at stackingbenjamins.com. We've got a fantastic show. You know Why? Because today I've got somebody sitting next to me who's never sitting next to me, Paula Pant. I am sitting next to you. We're here in Boston. This is so much fun. It's cool to record in person, like to actually look at your face. It is weird. It's weird. It's so weird. I'm looking at your face and it's not over Zoom or Skype Skype or or whatever. Yeah. And I'm not seeing the turtle in the background. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Strange. Absolutely. And by the way, did you know that Selena Gomez reference? Oh, yes. It is a reference to a Hulu show called The Only Murders in the Building. Really? Yes. Doug. What the, I, what the hell's... I know it, it was, only because I've seen the billboards. No. 
How it was could you very advertised. Have gotten that? Who is this person sitting next to me? <laughs> we have an imposter in the room. Yes. And uh, the guy who's normally sitting across from me, who's holding down the fort in the basement, it's Mr. OG here. What's happening? Dude, you need to be in Boston. Fly out here for the event tomorrow night. Oh, uh, I would, except I have uh, real work to do. I can't oh, nice. That time. Nice. Yeah. I, I don't. <laughs> Apparently not. And by the way, uh, a woman that we partied with in Charlotte, North Carolina, just, well, as we record this, what? I think it was about a week and a half ago. Ashley Patrick is here. How are you, Ashley? I'm good. How are you? Good. We were saying when I was in Charlotte that how come you've not been on the show? And so I'm so happy that we got you here. Well, thanks for having me. Well, tell everybody about the Money Mindset podcast and what you do. So I am the creator and founder of Budgets Made Easy and the Money Mindset Podcast. I'm not really sure why I named it something different than everything else, because everything else is Budgets Made Easy. You know why? Uh, you, you know why, Ashley? You know exactly <laughs> why. Because you'd think of it later. But it, yeah. it was it was just, I can't tell you how many times I've I've been halfway down a rabbit hole and I'm like, why why didn't I name that the same thing? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I help busy moms pay off debt, you know, create systems that make it easy for them and live the life they want, whether that's, you know, working a different job or not working at all or just being able to travel. Well, now it is time on today's show. We're going to talk about a blog post from a gentleman named Joseph Wells. I'm not familiar. Paul, are you familiar with Joseph Wells? No, no, uh, not until I read this piece. Yeah. OG or Ashley, you guys know Joseph Wells? I don't. No, it's a fine piece. And it's just Joseph talking about lessons he's learned as he's turning 30 years old. So uh, we're going to dive into the lessons that he's learned over his life, find out what lessons OG, Paula, and Ashley have learned over their life. But first, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things so I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals and collaborate with your partner. And now because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30 day free trial. When you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad free privacy. You can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get 
why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30 day free trial to try it out. Like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30 day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M O N A R C H M O N E Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30 day free trial. All right, we got Ashley here. We got Paula here. We got OG here. Let's do this. All right, in this piece, Joseph Wells said that he was going to give us 30 things that he learned when he turned 30. But Paula, you noticed that... uh, he, he didn't stop at 30. It's like he wrote this late at night on his 30th birthday after a couple <laughs> glasses of Chardonnay and, uh, or whatever and just went crazy. Well, he, he kept going. So he came up with a list of 47 things. And then at the very end, he says, he quotes Mark Twain in saying, sorry, this is so long. I didn't have time to make it short. Meaning <laughs> he brainstormed a big list, didn't have time to edit or consolidate. But you know what? All 47 are great. So I'm glad he left them all in. You know, it's funny. Uh, Ira Glass says that about this American life. He says, he says we never quit editing we just run out of time mm-hmm. on their on their podcast well let's start og with you looking at this list of more than 30 there's got to be a couple that resonate with you that really are lessons that you learned as well uh pick one on the list and let's talk about it what's one that resonates uh, big time with you i go and say number 32 bill could i take number 32 um the, uh, the waking up without uh, an alarm because I get so much grief from everybody about the fact that I sleep until eight o'clock every day. And the thing that I wake up to is the door closing when my kids go to school. And since this dude's got it on his list, I feel pretty vindicated that uh, it's the right way to live your life. So yeah, wake up naturally without an alarm clock. There is uh, something that everybody listening to this is asking, which is how did you, Mrs. OG, work that out? Because in in my marriage, that would have never, ever happened. It's the same way. um, I have a funny way to say this in a not funny way. Yeah, you want to say it the not funny way, I think. I think that means evil way and nice way. That's right. Knowing knowing your sense of humor, you probably need to say it the the straightforward way. Yes. Terrain, terrain, pull up. No, actually the real answer is, is that we work really well together as a team. And that's just one of the things that she does as part of her, you know, family stuff. And I do other things. So it was just kind of a trade-off. That's just what we do. How we divvied it up, so to speak. It's interesting. Ashley, do you use an alarm to wake up or do you wake up uh, naturally? Uh, I have to have an alarm. And of course, I hit the snooze like 15 times before getting up out of bed. (laughs) The snooze drives me crazy. Well, I've installed the Hue light system, but I haven't tried this Hue uh, wake up system that they have where they you you set your alarm on your lights and it slowly raises your lighting in in your bedroom so that your lights turn on at X time. I'm afraid that I'll still sleep through it. Paula, you're nodding your head. Do you have that? 
I don't have that, but where, the way my windows are positioned. I was going to say, the, 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 the universe does that for you. <laughs> you just leave the shades open and then, you oh, know. I got to pay a bunch of money, OG. I can't, I got to leave the blind shut and pay oodles of money for the hue system. Blackout instead. curtains. Yeah. So that you can get your lights to turn on correctly. I got to get my money's worth. Up. Yeah. Once again, like Ashley was talking about, why does she name the podcast different? I'm like, why didn't I just use the sunlight? But anyway, Paula. Oh, well, exactly that. For you, me, the, the sun gradually increases the amount of light in the room over the span of the morning. So you don't use an alarm clock either? No, I typically don't unless there's something very specific that I need to wake up for, like a flight. Yeah, yeah. For me, if I'm going on a run with somebody, uh, I will use an alarm clock or if I need to catch a flight, whatever. But you know what's funny? I'll still wake up fairly early. Like I still wake up early, waking up with the sun. Uh, Paula, while you're talking, what's your uh, first one you want to point to that you like? So I, uh, let me find, there were many that resonated with me. Okay, number 29, avoid complainers at all costs. Oh, yeah. Right? Complaining is contagious, and being around someone who complains a lot, A, makes you yourself more likely to do it. B, is just negative energy. It's draining. It's the, a focus on a glass half empty. It's just a energy suck. My coach used to always say, beware clusters of misery. Mm. Just beware. Because you can feel them. Clusters of misery kind of attract each other and everybody's negative and, and getting each other down. Did that actually resonate with you as well? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, whenever I was a police officer, there's lots and lots of complainers in the department, outside the department. And you yeah, just these, like yeah, these down. Yeah, these damn people getting arrested keep complaining about it. <laughs> I know, right? So, <laughs> yeah, it just, it, it does. It just sucks the life out of you when you're just around negative people all the time. But you could see that in the police force. You could see there were clusters of misery there. Oh, absolutely. And not even not just the people that, you know, we arrested. It was, it's just, yes. you know, in any work environment, you've got the people that are never happy, right? How do you keep yourself though, when you go on a negative tailspin, Ashley, how do you kind of pull yourself out of it? Do you have any mantra you use or anything that you do to change your mood? I love listening to podcasts. So I will find some podcasts that are uplifting and, you know, about mindset and improving your mindset and just, you know, calling those people that do lift you up and not bring you down. I had, I love that one I because it totally changes your mood immediately when you hear people being positive and taking control. I also read recently that going to do some exercise changes it immediately, like lifts your mood. And, and that's been true for me as well. Paula, anything you do? I listen to really upbeat, uplifting music. And specifically, if it's the type of music that I like naturally want to dance to, if it's got a really good dance beat, I will dance in my living room, in my kitchen, in my bathroom, like, you know. Um, you talk about like the John Denver? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> Not exactly. More like kind of EDM dance music. Ah. But, you know, I'll just have a little uh, solo dance party by myself. And after five minutes, I feel way better. Yeah. You ever listen to John Denver uh, EDM fusion? Uh, you know, I would. If that exists, I'm all over it. <laughs> It'd be something different. Oh, gee, I was going to come to you, but I thought, well, you know, when you're in a bitter mood, you just embrace it, I think. I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to comment on this. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Just feel Indeed. the love. <laughs> yes. My kid called me a fun sponge once. So. <laughs> and then he, he was five and he said, do you get it, dad? Fun sponge? Like you suck up all the fun. That's what a sponge does. I love when your son is mansplaining the joke to his dad. Yeah. That's oh, awesome. He, he, he uh, I, I apparently, apparently needed the explanation. 
uh, no, it's difficult. I think, I think especially bemoaning one situation is kind of tiresome to anybody else who's listening about it, but, but particularly difficult to kind of get out of is like you said, I think, you know, if you start kind of letting that fester and you've got like two or three people and, and then it's just that surround sound noise of, Oh yeah. And then this sucks too. And I hate this. And it, it gets out of hand in a hurry. So you definitely have to be careful about it. I go back to, I was thinking of other things that I do. I also go back to the Stephen Covey. Am I complaining about something that I, I can control or, or am I complaining about something I can't control? And if I can't control it, then I just got to move on. You know, it seems like this is a function of group dynamics since the dawn of humans. It, 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 I think people mistake complaining for critical thinking. And you think, well, if I can show that I'm analyzing this whole situation and point all the things out that are wrong with it, then that shows people that I really am tuned into what's going on. But it's a it's kind of a fallacy, isn't it? it it's it's no, not necessary. Yeah, well, and that's true. And who wants to be around that person as well? And I can think of people, as you're talking about that, Doug, I can think of people in my life. I'm like, I don't want to be around the person that is pointing out the negative thing in every single thing that happens. You may be right, but you're not going to have many friends that way. Ashley, how about you? A one on this list that really resonated with you? Number 47, get comfortable spending time by yourself because I'm an introvert. And so I need the time by myself anyway, but getting comfortable going out to eat by yourself or just going anywhere by yourself, you know, takes time and maturity, I think. And just being able to do that is really important in life. Well, as an introvert, a lot of people think, Ashley, that you would naturally embrace that. But was there a time in your life when you didn't, when you thought, felt weird about either going to dinner by yourself or spending time at home alone? Oh, absolutely. Like, especially, you know, in high school and, you know, when you mm-hmm. care what people think and, you know, my early 20s. But yeah, it did take me quite a while. I'd say maybe mid 20s and after I had some real life experience where I was able to be comfortable by myself. Now I can go and do whatever, like I don't care where before, you know, when you care what people think and are people staring at me because I'm by myself, getting over that is so important in life because who cares? (laughs) Just do what you want to do. No, that's funny. And and it was funny. It took me a few times of doing that. I used to take afternoons off, Tuesday afternoons off when I was a financial planner and I'd go watch a movie by myself. And at first I thought, this is weird going to watch a movie by myself. But I'd say within a month, that became like my most favorite thing to do. And I did not want anybody with me. I I wanted to watch the movie by myself in a theater with tons of buttered popcorn with lots of salt on it that cost like $87, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Paula assumed everybody was looking at me because my fashion game was so strong. Of course. (laughs) That's not it. Well, it doesn't have to be either or Doug. It's probably both, you know, you're sitting alone and you got that hair. How could that guy be alone looking like that? (laughs) You're not supposed to laugh there, Paula. That's that's the part where you don't laugh right there. Uh, does that resonate with you, number 47? Absolutely. So uh, one of the things that I really enjoy doing is traveling alone. You spend a lot of time alone, but you also, it, it's kind of a blend of number 47 and also to to circle it back to the beginning of the article, number two, talk to strangers. Oh, right? yeah. When you're solo traveling, you have to do both. You have to be comfortable spending lots and lots of time alone. And also you have to be comfortable just chatting with strangers because the only way that you can break out of being alone is by striking up a conversation with someone random. You know, what's funny is that that one bothers me. Talk to strangers. Mm. 
Uh, this was one that I was had on my list for the second half of this, which is ones that I really struggle with that I know I could be better at. Right. I was thinking as I was flying in here today, as I was making sure I did not talk to the person next to me, mm-hmm. that some of the best conversations that I've had with strangers have been on planes mm-hmm. because you can sit and chat for two hours. However, when I get on a plane, I do not want to talk to you. So why the dichotomy, right? Why the difference between best conversations I've had, yet I really don't want to do it? I think specifically when you're on a plane next to someone, you know that you are stuck in that situation for several hours. The cost is too high. Well, and so there's that risk that they might be a boring conversationalist, but then they might be unable to take any cues that you want to disengage. And so the the stakes are a little bit higher versus if you're chatting with somebody, uh, you know, a, a barista at Starbucks, you know it's going to be a limited conversation so you can be a little more gregarious. I had a time on a Southwest flight that I was sitting next to an off-duty flight attendant and he was one of the worst conversationalists ever, but he kept buying us, he had drink tickets and he could, so I'm getting hammered while I'm being bored out of my mind. (laughs) But I thought as long as he keeps sending the drink tickets, like we'll keep this thing going. I'll keep the charade up. Just order us another round. Let's do this another round. Uh, OG, how about you? What's another one that resonated with you? I'd also like to point out that I thought number 10 was around the same thing about kind of being by yourself, you know. Oh, yeah. Get comfortable sitting alone in silence. Yeah, this guy's got three that are very close to each other. He could have edited. Basically, that's what you're saying. He could have. Um, I'm going to go with number 33. It really went deep, 32 and 33. So 33 says uh, you have to take calculated financial risk to see large increases in your net worth. He says that he bought and sold different investment properties and got a nice increase, bought some crypto, got a nice increase, and then started a company and it cost him money. And I think that this can kind of be extrapolated into your investment plan or or how you think about risk and return. You have so much time. And like we talk about on other episodes a ton, the, the thing that's most important is getting your capital in there as quickly as possible. Uh, so you can start taking advantage of compounding and the doubling. And so it's totally okay to take some flyers on things that may produce an oversized return, whether that's a job offer that comes with stock options on a company that's brand new or move across country that may accelerate your learning or career growth. Anything that you can use to like radically increase compounding in your life, not just on the financial side of things, but other things I think is really important. You know, it's it's funny. I think the word calculated in here, though, is a really important word. You have to take calculated financial risks. I don't think that you can just make lottery moves, right, where you're, you're dreaming big. And I feel like some people playing some of the crypto coins where they don't know anything about it, they just think it's the lottery is a good way to lose a lot of money or, or buying penny stocks is another way to lose a lot of money when you don't know what you're doing. And actually, starting a company... And it's weird that he made a ton of money on crypto. That part's not weird. But he kind of endorses or seems to endorse crypto and says, I started a company that never made any money. Yeah, of the two, I feel like the company be the more reliable way because I control it. I can figure out what the landscape looks like. I can increase the odds in my favor, I feel like. Yeah, the calculation is the most important. I mean, obviously, the best outcome would be to spend $1 on the Mega Millions when it's at a billion, but that's not calculated. Ashley, how about you? Another one that resonates with you on the list? I'd say 25 and 27, they're really kind of 
the same thing. They piggyback on each other, but people use jargon and complicated language to make you think they're smart, but really the smartest people will speak so simply. And then the 27 is the most insecure people you meet will often be the loudest. So it's really about paying attention to the people that aren't always the loudest and think that they're the smartest and have the biggest ego in the room. For my experience anyway. <laughs> uh, oh, no, I totally agree. And it's funny, Emily and I, my co-author on Stacked, she and I were having this conversation on Twitter and there were people joining in. And actually, Paula, I thought this was a conversation that you would really like, mm-hmm. which is that, that this guy was saying that in the medical field, people that write these papers that are super dense are lauded. And yet a doctor who writes a paper very, very plainly, which is what doctors probably should do, Mm -hmm. they kind of get ripped apart, even if the medicine is sound, because they're not using big flower language. It's it's the opposite, Mm -hmm. especially in writing. I see a lot of people disguise the fact that they're not that smart by using a bunch of big words. Mm. So I think in academia, That is very true. When I started working at a newspaper, one of the first things that my editor taught me, he was like, all right, you're a recent college graduate. You've been trained to write these flowery senior thesis papers. The first thing that we need to do is break you of the way that you learn to write in academia, because now your job is to be a newspaper writer and newspaper writing is the art and practice of plain speak. I have a family member that even in texting writes very flowery language, thinking that it makes them look smarter. And it cracked me up in a recent text they wrote. It filled my heart with joy. Like who texts that it filled my heart with joy? Like really? I mean, and that's not big language. It's just very flowery, flowery stuff. I found though that over my life, I've become a better writer just by reading a lot more stuff. And I know that reading is one of the things on this list that uh, that get comfortable reading more often. But oh, gee, I know that y- you and I, I think, have had this talk at one point that your writing's also gotten better over time. And I think it's also just age. Yeah, I mean, how great of writing we do versus yeah, well, older. just plain speak, doing it very, very concisely, and and getting to the point versus you know, attempting this high wire act of either big words or sounding smart. Wherefore thou unto pertain. It seems to me that there was a shift maybe 10-ish years ago, and and it might have coincided with the texting communication going up a lot. But you see this a lot with, even with copywriting now, like everything is much more digestible. It's not like Paula, like she was saying, it's not like these you know, paragraph upon paragraph of content, it's single lines. It's how we really communicate is also how we're communicating on paper. And you see that in web web design and whatnot now. So I think it just makes it a little bit easier for people to digest, a little bit easier for people to read in the context and in the same kind of tempo that you would normally communicate. So but that's completely opposite to how you're taught. Yeah. Like, like Paul was saying. Yeah. And, and Ashley, same thing that you're talking about, the bully in the room, the loudest person is probably the person with the least to say. That resonates with me also. Absolutely. Paula, we don't have a second one from you. And then we're going to the trivia. So on the topic of reading and writing, number eight, money spent on books is money well spent. Oh, I'm a big believer in that. The second I said that you started scrolling. Where is that one? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Well, and I know there are people who will say, oh, well, you can get books from the library or you can derive knowledge from podcasts or other 
free forms of content. Yes, all of those are true, but A, spending money on books or audiobooks is a way to reduce the friction around being able to access that content, right? You, you don't have two weeks to get it done. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you can mark it up. You can take notes in the mark. If it's a physical book, you can take notes in the mark. Even in the Kindle, you can take electronic notes, right? So that's one kind of response that I have to it. And the other is that, yes, it's also true that there are podcasts, there's blogs, there are many other forms of educational content that are free, but there's something unique about the way that a book is curated the way it's thought through that, you know, I mean, Joe, you're a podcaster and you've written a book and you know that the process of creating those two types of content is very different. And there are different levels of thought and polish that go into each one. As you're talking though, I'm thinking that I actually have a different philosophy depending on the type of book. If it's fiction and it's disposable, I really want to read it fast because then I lose my train of thought. I like getting those from the library because two weeks is a good thing Mm -hmm. because it keeps me in the story and I'm done because I know me and being busy, I will just set it aside. And then six months later, I'm like, what the hell was I reading? I don't remember where I was. And you did read three chapters to kind of ramp up to get there. But with business books, I will often do the audio book first. So I get the idea of the book. I'll actually buy it twice. Mm-hmm. I'll buy the audio book, which I could also do from the library, but I don't, I could do that piece. But the second is that then I buy the book if it really is something that resonates with me and then I'll mark up the hell out of it mm-hmm. and we'll use it. We'll have team classes on it. We'll dive into it then. Mm, I've done that with, with only a few books where I've listened to the audio book and liked it so much that I've then purchased the physical book in order to like amplify the way that I've learned the material. Yeah, Ashley, is that the same for you? How do you devour books? Yeah, I, with my busy schedule, you know, I've got three kids, I'm driving everywhere. So audiobooks is the main one that I do, but I'm the same way. I like to hold the book. I like to make notes. I like to highlight. So I do that a lot too. And what I've found is a lot of times if you buy the book, you can get the audiobook as a bonus. So that's kind of what I've been doing lately is buying the physical book and then getting the audio book. Oh to listen yeah. To. Especially if you pre-order a lot of the time, they'll give you the audio book right away. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a great yeah. idea. All right. Coming up after our big trivia break, we are going to chat about which ones of these do we struggle with? And then we'll also ask our team of roundtablers here, one that maybe isn't on the list that is something they've learned over their lifetime about their money, their career, or just their life in general. But first, we have a year-long trivia contest every Friday, Monday and Wednesday. You get to participate as you're walking the dog or doing whatever you're doing, maybe one of the few people still commuting to work again. But on Friday, we have our three roundtable participants in a year-long fight for the world's most ugly trophy uh, that you may have ever seen. And the current holder of that trophy is Mr. OG. However, I've got some good news and bad news. And Ashley, I'm going to, well, Ashley, do you want the good news or the bad news? Uh, Bad news. The bad news is, is that you're in first place, which by the way, is also the good news because you're playing for Mr. Len Penzo. But that means that you have to guess first when we are doing our trivia competition. First place goes first. Ooh, that's a lot of pressure. I yes. don't know. <laughs> uh, but, but there is, the, here's the better news though. Len has a nice sizable lead. Len has seven. OG and Paula tied one. So OG has five and a half. Paula has three and a half. So... Can Paula get back in the running? Will Len 
slash Ashley. Pull more ahead. Will OG make it more of a contest? Well, we got to hear the question first, and that means we got to go to my neighbor, Doug. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. Ah, your 30s. I have lots of advice for my 30-odd years of life, too. Like, uh, use a pill organizer to make sure you don't forget your cholesterol medication. Uh, Orthopedic shoes can really assist with your balance and ankle pain issues. And the best early bird special is the Olive Garden's Early Dinner Duos deal. I mean, free all-you-can-eat breadsticks and soup or salad, baby. Oh, what a time to be alive. But some of the best things to think about happened 30 years ago. You know, right around when I was born. Like this week in 1992, Chris Cross's Jump was number one and White Men Can't Jump was the number one movie. Speaking of 30, in 2017, Gene Chatsky tweeted that people who are 30 should have one times their annual income set aside for retirement. So my question is, what was the actual median net worth for that age group in 2017? I'll be back with the answer after I check my man bun and goatee for gray hairs. All right, there it is, everybody. So, uh, Ashley, we start with you this uh, fine day. Uh, I'm going to go with 56000 a year. 56 You say that with a lot of confidence. I'm hearing a bunch of confidence in your voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you got to pretend even when you're not. You got to just bring it. This is the part where you're the loudest person in the room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> OG, 56,000. What you going to do with that? Uh, I need Doug to say it again. <laughs> what was the question again? It was so, there's so much, there's so many flowery languages. Paula needs to, What's know. What's the average right, net what worth the- of a 30-year-old? What was the no? What was the yeah, actual median net worth of a thirty-year-old? Yes, in, in twenty seventeen. In twenty seventeen, the median net worth of a thirty-year-old was forty-one thousand nine hundred twenty-seven dollars. <laughs> <laughs> also, see that Ashley got the inflection right because OG also said it with a ton of confidence. That's how you do it. Yeah, yeah. So Paula. You would think going last as often as you do that mm-hmm. you'd be better at this. Ooh, them fighting words. <laughs> well, not really. It was fighting words like a year and a half ago. Yeah. <laughs> now it's just the uh, unvarnished truth. Right. <laughs> now they're just candid words. Right. <laughs> All right. So here is my thought process. Given that so many 30-year-olds have student loans, I think that there's a chance that it and given that the question is median net worth, there's a chance it could be a negative number, or if not negative, it would be a low positive number. Now, given that Ashley's response was 56,000, OG said 41,000, and whoever is closest is the winner, that basically means that I could guess 40,000 and capture the entire downside. So you think it's lower than either one of those two? Correct. Correct. So does that mean you're doing it or are you just talking out loud? So OG's precise guess was 41,000 and what? 927. All right. Well, then mine is going to be 41,926. And that's... That, <laughs> brutal. Oh, that's, that's the way you do it, Ashley. Welcome to the party. That's a, Luckily, OG got it, not you. And your first time here. All right. We've got our guesses locked in. We'd love to tell you who's right, but uh, we don't play that way. We'll be right back. 
And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words... Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Hey, Staggers, is Military Appreciation Month. You know what that means. We are recognizing all of our stackers in the audience my good friend Nords, Doug Nordman, who uh, some of you may know, he is a writer in personal finance. He's a guy I'd like to do a shout out to. He is such a giving member of the FIRE community, the Financial Independence Retire Early community. Uh, Nords will do anything for you. It's just, just, I think some of that comes from his time on a submarine, like my nephew Colin, who's on a submarine right now, and all the work that uh, he did there. Just a super giving member of the community. And you know what? A Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond, not this month, but every month. Navy Federal offers members only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Here's one of their offers in honor of Military Appreciation Month. Join and get $50 when you open a credit card. Of course, you want to have your whole debt strategy planned out, don't you? Don't just go open a credit card willy-nilly, as mom says. Uh, here's a disclaimer. You got to join open your membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st. So get on it stackers. Annual percentage yield is a 0.25% for membership savings account, $5 minimum balance to open, maintain your membership savings account to obtain the bonus. Visit navyfederal.org for full terms and conditions. That's just one of the things they offer 24 seven help for their us based service members. They have resources all over the place. Head to Navy federal org for full terms, conditions, and other offers. Navy and Federal is insured by NCUA Equal Housing Lender. All right, Ashley, you started off at fifty six thousand, and OG immediately went lower to try to give Paula maybe a little room between the two. But now you've got the whole upside to yourself. You feeling good about that? Uh, not so sure. Not so confident now. We'll see. Ah, uh, OG, Paula took you off at the knees there. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> and paula as long as she can sleep at night i thought there was going to be more there. <laughs> paula you sleeping fine you sleeping I've, okay i'm sleeping great i feel great about my guests <laughs> she feels great about possibly maybe climbing out of the last place but who knows is it ashley is it og is it paula let's find out Stackers, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm back. According to Yahoo Finance, at the age of 30, the average American's net worth is 122000 But, you know, that's skewed by all the Gateses and the Bezos kids out there. In fact, the average net worth was so low that when Gene Chatsky tweeted, one user responded to her saying, one time my salary, I barely have enough to afford a Greg's steak and bake. Leave me alone, Gene Chatsky kids these days have so much charm. So while Chatsky was probably hoping for more, the median net worth is only about 
$35,000, and that means Paula is sleeping great tonight, and she is our winner. How does it feel, Paula? Because oh. this, this doesn't happen often. Fantastic. Yeah, Fantastic. She, she also said it was negative. That's what that, that was her original guess. Was negative. <laughs> uh, sounds like someone's a sore loser because I'm the champion of this round. Paula's like, I don't like number 49 on this list, which is when OG pouts. <laughs> All right. That's our first half of the show. Second half of the show coming up right now. Our second half of the show is brought to you by Magnify Money. Doug, you know what happens when you go to stackybenjamins.com slash Magnify Money? Uh, I get a cup of coffee with my name spelled right on the coffee cup. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Tracy, in the Wendy's in Fruta, Colorado. No one spells the name Doug with an E. Did somebody really spell it Doug? Actually, Doogie? (laughs) I walk into this Wendy's. It's empty. I'm wondering, are they even open? There's one woman behind the counter, Tracy. There's a dude in the back cooking, nobody else. And she asked for putting a name. She wants to put a name on the order. Look, looking behind me like, are you going to get this confused with somebody else here? So she asked for my name and I say, Doug. And she goes, I'm sorry, what? Doug? I'm, I'm sorry, what's that? I give her my name again. I get the receipt back and Doug is spelled D-U-G-E. Yeah, that's right. Doug. I became douge. <laughs> yes, I know what it rhymes with. <laughs> Uh, that's not what you get. You know what you get when you go to Magnify Money? <laughs> Hopefully better than douche. Stackingbenjamins.com slash Magnify Money. You find out that those financial products you use at your brick and mortar bank every day, maybe not best in class because checking accounts, savings accounts, there's tons of them online and they rank them all head to head at Magnify Money. Over 92% of all of the stuff online ranked. Stackingbenjamins.com slash Magnify Money to Maybe upgrade your checking account, upgrade your savings. Look at CDs, maybe with interest rates coming up. CDs are back, high yield savings accounts, things like that at Magnify Money. All right, here in the second half, we're going to focus on ones that you like from this list, but man, you wish you were better at them. So, OG, let's start with you. What's one on this list that you look at and you go, yeah, I really want to embrace that one. Maybe I should do better. Uh, Number 11, have more patience with your parents. Oh, you don't have much patience with your parents. I suffer no fools. And you, <laughs> are you saying your parents are fools? To the letter. <laughs> but, also number five. Can I say number five also? Yeah, what's number five? No coffee afternoon and no alcohol before bed. <laughs> <laughs> and say, I mean, I could go on. I, I violate. Mean, I suck at half these things. I, I violate both of those too. I'm like, oh, okay. It's an hour before bed. I think I'll just have a glass of wine. Yeah, that always works have, out well. As long as it's only a glass, I think you're fine. I think a, studies show. What you study? and I are like, yeah, we should have a glass each. Well, that's what's for. Doug, remember the days when uh, we first met and we would play darts at your house? I bring over a bottle of wine and we were talking about how we love those glasses because one glass for you, and one glass for me, and the bottle's finished. I love that they're 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 like half gallon glasses. They're like very pretty versions of a big gulp, right? Are you talking about like a chalice? No, I'm talking about the big red wine glasses that are nice, big and round. Oh, you like know, the, like the gigantic. Yes. How the far kind you strap up do you on your fill back? them? I think you're only supposed to fill them 
Well, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Yes. We could tell each other we were having two glasses of wine. And uh, yeah, honestly, I only had two glasses. I don't understand. Not great. Anyway, uh, Ashley, how about you? Which one really resonated with you that you wish you were better at? Oh, gosh, there's so many of them. But definitely number two, talking to strangers. I'm so socially awkward. I don't know what my problem is, but I just can't make myself talk to people outside of like online. I don't know what my problem is. I like it and I hate it. I found as I become older, I'm better at saying, how's your day going? Just to see what happens. Just purely to see what happens. And then like with my taxi driver over here today, I was like, you know what? I really don't care how his day's going. And that just sounds That's a good horrible. segue though. I could practice that. Like if I have an idea of what to say, it might be a little bit easier. Well, you know, you know what he did, Ashley? He did. We were talking earlier about clusters of misery. The first thing he said was not very well. It's been way oh. too slow. I'm like, oh, good. Which is why I immediately didn't care. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> Then what do you say? See, I don't know what to say to that. Yes. Then he proceeds to tell me about how few people have been taking the taxi that day. And so then I tried to make his day. I, I actually said to him, I said, well, the good news is you get to spend the next 25 minutes with me. And then he's, <laughs> <laughs> and he, did. And he said, oh, crap. <laughs> no, he actually did laugh then. I'm like, so your day just got a hell of a lot better. And by the way, I only made the joke because I didn't want the negativity. I was like, please, no. I've been on a plane for three and a half hours. Don't do that to me. Paula, what's one that, that resonates with you that you wish you were better at? So one that I struggle with, number 28, cell phones are best used resourcefully, not reflexively. I definitely reflexively reach for my phone. I think the universe does that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what he says is, you know, pull out your cell phone if you need to complete a very specific task, like you need to make a call, you need directions, you want to pull up Spotify and listen to a particular song, but reflexively reaching for your phone and then scrolling. It's, it's not intentional. You feel dissatisfied. You feel anxious. It, no good comes of it. And yet it's so easy to do. And it's such a hard habit to break. It is so easy to do. It totally plays on our uh, instincts, right? That we're missing out on something. Exactly. And it's all happening online, which has happened, by the way, twice my entire life. There was something happening online. And yet every 12 minutes, I think it's going to happen right now. Wait, what were the two things that you did miss? I don't know. That was a kind of a that was kind of a euphemism. You know, mm. it was kind of a yeah. There right, there right. maybe have been very sporadically right something, but somebody died and everybody was talking about it online. Of course, I found out later. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, you would find out. Yeah. So there, I didn't even need to know that. Before we go into the ones that I'd like you guys to bring to the table, let's shut this one down. Joseph Wells. We'll link to this, by the way, in our show notes page at stackybedjamins.com. I love number 16, which is write handwritten thank you notes. I love getting them. I, I get so excited when I get real mail. I like opening them. I feel warm fuzzies about people that send them to me. And I know other people feel the same and I don't do it. And it is the thing that I so, so, so would love to have a better system for. Very frustrating. All right, let's uh, move into our last phase here, which is the one that maybe isn't on this list or forget the list. Maybe it's on it, maybe it's not. And we'll have our guest of honor go last. So Paula, how about you? Start us off. What's uh, well, one thing that you've learned, maybe even the hard way over your time here on earth? Get a good night of sleep before hosting a podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're seeing it in action. Well, and in general, sleep is such a critical anchor point for everything that follows, for your work, for 
your mood, your level of anxiety and laughter and joy, and the way that that trickles into your relationships, uh, for your performance at the gym, for how well you can exercise. Sleep is a foundation for literally everything. And yet, because it's so hard to be running at your full maximum potential in the way that you want to in work, in your social life, in your exercise or gym life. And, you know, it's hard to do all of that and also get adequate sleep. Oftentimes something's got to give and it's so easy to cut back from the sleep. Well, and as you're talking, I'm thinking about Ashley with three kids. Ashley, how do you juggle mom duties with three kids, your work life and sleep? How do you make sure you, you carve out time for sleep? Oh, I don't get a whole lot of sleep. And especially the last two years has been terrible. So, you know, I'm usually up late at night scrolling my phone when I should be sleeping. So here lately, I have been um, taking melatonin just to shut my mind off. Because I'm sure you guys know as business owners, it's like as soon as you close your eyes, you think of all the things you need to do. Immediately. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So yeah, I have to drug myself so I could sleep. That is, that is, that, there's a lot of people listening to this going, I don't know that drugs are the answer. <laughs> it works for me. But it was interesting when I had uh, my twins and Cheryl and I were juggling parent commitments. I just remember thinking, oh my goodness, sleep is going to be so much better when they're finally go to college. And it has been. However, it's something I still have to pay attention to. Like I don't spend enough time paying attention to it. OG, how about you, my friend? What's the thing that you learned? I think that, and and I know he talked about this a little bit, but really diet and exercise are the hardest things to stay on top of all the time. I was talking to a client earlier today about a podcast that we listen to together. I mean, we don't listen to it together. She listens to it, I listen to it. We happen to be talking about it. Anyways, the idea that as you get older, your strength will diminish, right? As you get older, you, you lose muscle mass and bone density. And if you think about what you want to do at a certain age, so like, you know, when I'm 85, I want to, you know, be able to lift my grandkids up or I want to be able to put my suitcase in the overhead bin by myself. And you work backwards from what kind of strength is necessary there to be able to do that to the ratio of like lost strength throughout the next, you know, 40 years of my life. I need to be really strong right now to, mm. to account for that decline, you know? And it's something that's very top of mind for me right now. And I know kind of like what Paula said about sleeping, I don't have any of those troubles that you guys talk about, like not being able to sleep or stay asleep. And I, like, I go to sleep. I don't know what kind of gift I got, but 9.45, OG's in bed, eight o'clock, he wakes up, get my 10 hours every day, like clockwork. But exercise and diet are one of the areas that I struggle with because it's so much easier to eat a cheeseburger or something than it is to get the stuff for a salad and all that. But do the salad and exercise thing first. A lot easier to go the other way than it is the way that I've been trying to go for the last (laughs) five years. It's a lot easier to go from 170 to 200 than it is from 200 back down to 170. It is. Well, and you also have to remember, and my coach keeps telling me this, that it took how many years to put those pounds on? Because you want the results like right now too. Uh, So you have to keep a long-term mindset. And by the way, we record this live on Fireside. If you want to join us, we're generally here at 5 p.m. Eastern. You do the math on wherever you are. Stackingbenjamins.com slash basement. We'll get you into our basement Facebook group where we post the link. We also do it on Twitter just before. So if you hang out on Twitter just a few minutes before the time that we go live and follow Stacking Benjamins 
Twitter feed. You'll find us that way as well and can come join us. But uh, Gertrude, our room mother, says that she also likes time by herself, as does Elizabeth. Says, I love the time I get to enjoy by myself. And Maddie says that she doesn't mind going to movies by themselves. So uh, good stuff there. Let's go to, who do I have left? Ashley? I think I do. I think, Ashley, you're bringing it home. Holy right. cow. Who, who can't <laughs> well, tell I've had very little sleep? That's okay. You sound like me when I'm trying to do stuff after like 8 p.m. So <laughs> I do that all the time. I agree with everything that they suggested as well. But I'm going to say one that I learned the hard way, and that is to not take out a 401k loan. I just, Ooh, oh, it keeps me one. up at night thinking about how much money I lost with a 401k loan that turned into a total nightmare. Oh, so you did one. Yes, we did one to do a home remodel. We had just moved into our house and so we didn't have any equity and it seemed like the best option. Well, shortly after the remodel was done, my husband lost his job. And that was when you had to pay it back within like 60 days. I think it's changed now. And so we got a huge tax bill. We didn't repay the money and we were in our 20s. So that was a lot of money that was taken out of our retirement. Yeah. I did the math one time based on the rule of 72 and it was almost a million dollars at retirement. So it's like, uh, don't do it. Don't ever do it. Well, and I love I love Ashley that you ended on a financial note too, because we've had a lot of great life tips, but there's one that I see people talk about taking 401k loans all the time and about how great it can be because, hey, you're only paying yourself back. And with Mm -hmm. the market being all weird lately, why not just pay yourself back the interest? And, well, you said it great that that it can be so, 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 so bad. And I'm glad that you told that story because that's very difficult for people. All right. I think it's a great place to end it. Let's find out what's going on where you all are. Uh, OG, how about you? What's happening with you this last weekend in April? Uh, I just finished a quite a busy month of travel as well as uh, client meetings. But the most interesting thing that happened to me, I think anyway, is that my son is now old enough to get his driver's permit. And uh, we have to decide whether or not we are teaching him or if a driving school is teaching him. And he really wants us to teach him and we really want the driving school to teach him. And it's mostly because he will just sit there with his arms folded the whole time, like, I already know all this and be so like, you know, like a normal 15 year old teenager. Yeah. yeah. Um, Isn't that funny though? Sometimes the best teachers are outside the family. Yeah. Well, I mean, also we don't want the response. Like, I don't want him to like not pass his driving test. Although frankly, like have, has anybody ever met anyone that didn't pass their driving test? I, uh, I have. Oh boy. Yeah. Somebody, somebody sitting next to me has a big smile on her face. Oh, boy. Oh, no, sure. that, that was me yawning, actually. Oh. oh. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that I thought that, it, yawn. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I, I just, I don't want him to be like, you never told me to turn, yeah, put the, the little plinker thing on to turn. You know, I'd be like, yes, I did. I would, you know, I, I, it's like you, you to go to the person who knows how to pass the test, you know, drive the shakers, so. Anyways, but worse than that is that my 15-year-old who can't seem to find his way out of a wet paper bag is now responsible for driving himself all over the <laughs> universe. And so You sound very positive about this child right Apparently now. he's... Uh, you sound incredibly really positive sp- about this child. He's really smart. No, he's great. He just, you know, if you put him a block from home, he'd be like, I have no idea where to go. I'll just sit here until someone gets me. <laughs> you know? I'm trying to figure out how a wet paper bag would be easier to find your way out of than a dry paper bag. Uh, because they tear very easy and you don't really oh, have to there find we go. your way out of it. You just Is that what that means? I had no idea what that meant. That's my That's exactly what that means. I guess. Yeah. 
logic. I deduced it based on lots of things I put thought into. I guess I never put thought into yeah. thought having a one. greasy bag of tacos. Wet fall paper apart. bag. I've only heard paper bag, so it can't find the way out of a paper bag. Right, exactly. Yes, yeah. and not a wet paper. Well, now you got both, Paul. Right. Now you got another weapon in your holster that you can go to. I've got a wet paper bag <laughs> ready, ready to deploy ready, at any ready, moment, ready to go. Paula Payette, what's happening at Afford Anything? On the Afford Anything podcast, you join me every other episode to answer questions that come from our community. And so, Joe, you and I, we've been recording a bunch of episodes in advance because, you know, you're on book tour, uh, as, as I am now as, with you. As you are right now, right? right? Here, uh, both here in Boston. And uh, as you know, we've been answering some really interesting questions lately, like really complex questions that fuse together money and life and uh, there are some people with very unique scenarios but there are lessons um, that draw from it that are universal so I, I just I feel like the the tree trunk level knowledge that comes from what you and I have been discussing on these episodes has become amazing plus all the spin drift references which we haven't done one of those in a while yeah, it's so been maybe we, that, that's, that's like it's been a while. six months at least. Yeah, yeah. So we got to bring that back. Nothing more fun than in comedy than the callback, you know, <laughs> where you bring that thing back. Uh, and that's at the Afford Anything podcast, wherever finer podcasts listen Yes, to. exactly. On your favorite podcast playing app. Ashley Patrick, so glad you could be with us today. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Well, tell me what's going on at the Money Mindset podcast. All right. So in the month of April, we have some great guests sharing their story, working toward uh, FIRE. So financial independence, retire early, which I don't talk a lot about on the podcast. So we've got a great guest sharing her story about paying off debt and uh, retiring early at 40, which is awesome. And some other guests sharing their debt payoff journeys as well. So lots of inspiration and motivation to pay off that debt. We had such a good time, Emily Guy Burkett and I, on your show as well. And people can hear us mixing up with Ashley as well. If you just go back in the feed, what, maybe two months? Yeah, yeah, about two months ago. Yeah, good stuff. And and by the way, we will link to uh, the, the website's budgetsmadeeasy.com. We'll also link to the podcast and uh, everything Ashley Patrick on our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com, along with the Afford Anything podcast and uh, all of our usual links. All right, that's going to do it for today, everybody. Doug, you got it from here, my friend. What should we have learned today? I don't know if I can do that, Joe. This one got off the rails about three minutes in, but I'll make some stuff up. First, wisdom accrues naturally over time, and you don't have to be old to be wise. There's lots to learn in the first half of your life. Second, just like me on this show, it takes real genius to make the complex simple. But the big lesson, Jean Chatsky fighting on Twitter with people she doesn't know. I don't know if you realize this, Gene, but social media is the place where everyone is polite and are totally willing to listen to alternate opinions. Thanks to Ashley Patrick for joining us today. Her podcast, The Money Mindset, is available on podcast platforms everywhere and on BudgetsMadeEasy.com. Thanks to Paula Pant for joining us today. You'll find her podcast, Afford Anything, wherever you're listening to us right now. Thanks also to OG for joining us today. Looking for good financial planning help? Head to stackingbenjamins.com slash OG for his calendar. 
This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2022. It is written in part by Paulette Perhatch, who helps thought leaders grab and hold the attention they need to get their message across. Got a speech, blog, or book you want to write? We have the answer, and it's Paulette. Find her at thatwriterpaulette.com. Thanks also to our team who made today possible. Karen Repine is our producer. Tina Eichenberg and Gertrude Smith are our social media mavens. And Brooke Miller handles the show notes and our amazing newsletter, The 201. Not only should you not take advice from these knuckleheads, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. That's it for today. We'll see you back here on Monday on Stacking Benjamins. Welcome to the after show. This is the part of the show, peeps, that doesn't exist. What happens in the after show stays in the after show. So thanks uh, to Rocky, Woody, Coy, L, Maddie, Mike, Brooke, and Paulette are here for keeping this a secret. Uh, OG, you were talking about driving, and I, I thought we all, we all have a fairly good driving story, or maybe a. a early driving story or maybe a uh, story of a kid maybe making a mistake with driving. But uh, did you have a story, OG? The one driving story that always comes to mind is I was driving back from a school event that we got to, you know, you could drive to if you wanted. Uh, I was way out of town. And and so me and another uh, two friends were driving together and we were on a two lane road and everybody was driving woefully under the speed limit, or at least under the speed in which I wanted to have as the limit. And there's a long line of cars. And, um, you know, it's just a two-lane two lane road, one in each direction. You know, whatever, it's a 55-mile-an-hour thing or something. And so <clears throat> finally it's clear. I go to pass this kind of long line of cars that are all backed up. And and maybe I'm probably six cars deep in the in the car that's three deep decides it also wants to do the same thing. So now we're, you know, we're like bumper to bumper as he's maybe driving five miles an hour faster than the cars that he's trying to pass. Right. And I'm thinking, Oh, this is going to end badly. So finally he whips over just clearing the semi truck that's directly in front of me. Oh. And I'm in the left lane with nowhere to go except lefter. Oh, so I'm driving, you know, 75 miles an hour in the opposite direction. And my immediate instinct was to go left. So I was like in between, like on the, on the side of the road, um, past the line, but next to the mailboxes. Cause it was a country road. 
And all I remember is the mailbox is going as like all these cars pass me on the, on, on my right. And I was on their right going the opposite direction. Um, because you know, they were all backed up behind the semi truck that was, you know, in their lane. And then finally, you know, we moved over and it was fine. Holy cow. Oh my, uh, my, I look, I look at the guy that's sitting in the back seat is pale white. (laughs) And I went, Oh, that was cool, huh? <laughs> the two other guys were like, "We are never driving with you again." Yeah, they're like, uh, "Let me have this car forever, yeah. please, yeah, P- please." So, anyways, so that's the craziest story that I have driving, but do, don't do that at home, kids. Paula, you a good driver? I I am a good driver. In fact, my uh, driving story. I want to talk about how I learned how to drive stick shift, because what happened was that when I was in college, I had these two roommates. And one night we all decided to go to Taco Bell. And so my, one of my roommates was the driver and we did not realize that she had been drinking. Oh no. So she on her way back from Taco Bell and, and you know what the funny part is neither of us, the, the, myself and our, my other roommate, um, neither of us had been drinking. And so she got pulled over. Oh no. Right? The cops breathalyzed her. She, uh, you know, uh, oh no, blew a number on the breathalyzer. Then they breathalyzed the other two of us who were passengers. And you're sober. And yeah, we blew triple zeros. So the cops were like, why didn't one of the two of you just drive? Yeah, yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're both blowing triple zeros. Yeah. Um, and we were like, we, we didn't, we just, we didn't know. We had no idea. So anyway, she got a DUI um, and then her license got taken away. And so she was in the situation where she owned a car but did not have a license. Meanwhile, I had a perfectly valid driver's license, but I was in college. I didn't own a car. So she was highly incentivized to teach me how to drive stick shift so that I could then drive her around, which, uh, you know, I learned in the parking lot, like just, you know, picked it up fairly quickly. There was a lot of shifting was a little rough. In the beginning, but uh, I was able to pick it up. So it was a nice win-win for both of us. And then after that, when I went to buy um, my next car, again, I was a college student. I didn't have a whole lot of money. And so I bought a $400 car. They, uh, they were asking for 50 but I talked them down. <laughs> and it was a four-speed manual. So uh, that like lesson on how to drive stick shift then resulted in me buying a four speed and driving that for the next year and a half. A $400 car. Uh, yes. A $400 car, a, a Toyota Corolla, a Bondo mobile. I, I, I would drop it into fourth gear. Like no one's business. <laughs> Zero to 60 in five hours. <laughs> yeah. These are not, by the way, like the fun, happy stories. So G almost dies. Paula is with a friend when she gets a DUI. <laughs> Boy, these are hilarious, guys. These are great. Uh, Ashley, any uh, driver's training stuff? Any? Oh, my gosh. I could tell you lots of stories. So uh, a funny one, since you mentioned funny. Um, so when I was in a patrol car, I can't tell you how many times I got my patrol car stuck. Like, it's not even funny. So I'm not that great of a driver, but <laughs> I've never had any wrecks that were my fault, though. I will say that. Um, so I was pulling up to a wreck on a busy little side road, and it was next to a guardrail where the grass was really high, and I pull in behind it in my patrol car and the back end of my car 
is like three feet in the air. Like, because the grass was so high, I didn't oh, see no. that it was a steep embankment. And I had to sh- get out of the car and stand there with all this traffic going by for like 30 <laughs> minutes until a tow truck came to get me unstuck with oh, my no. car three feet in the air. I had other officers just driving by multiple times, just laughing at me because it was hilarious. Just, just like, Hey, guess what Ashley did? Yeah. yeah. That, went, that went, that went over the radio pretty quickly. Oh, didn't yes, it? it was like, yes, Hey, if you guys are bored, <laughs> check out I 20 and, uh, you know, exit four fifty one. Yeah. Good it joke. Was, it was funny. <laughs> if you'd like to see Patrick skills with a Z come on over. When I was in driver's training, we had the football coach for the local high school that was our teacher. And these two kids that, like me, all three of us were were quiet and were very, uh, oh, I wasn't quiet. What am I, what am I talking about? Uh, they were very quiet, but I could never let silence go. I was that person that was, oh, there's silence. I need to fill this with something. And so I would sit in the back when I had to sit and somebody else was driving. And I'd also get nervous because, you know, we all stunk at driving. And so I would just talk away. But we're driving down this road and there's this house that somebody had taken this barn and they had fixed up the barn and they had turned it into a house. But it wasn't a nice barn. It was a, I don't know how to describe this. It wasn't the kind of like iconic barn that might be kind of cool as a house. It looked like somebody had basically taken a barn and decided, no, I'm going to live in this barn. And so we're, we're driving down the road. And I know the guy's name was Mr. Scudder. I know Mr. Scudder was probably tired of Joe, just blah, 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 blah the entire time. And we're driving down the road and I said, you know, that, that is such an ugly house. That house is just horrible. Like I, who would live there? And Mr. Scudder turns back from the passenger seat and goes, that's my brother's house. (laughs) And I go, oh God. And the only time I ever saw Mr. Scudder laugh was after that. He looks at me, his face turns into a smile for two seconds and goes, gotcha. <laughs> and and I shut my mouth after that. I was I was done. Well, stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend OG, who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. 